Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Higher Smarter mini-series where we are going to focus on what you need to know and do to only make great hiring decisions only choosing people to help you create profit so that you can scale your service-based business in a profitable way. So today's lesson, the first in our three-part mini-series, is all about what people typically do wrong. And it's going to be a little bit different to probably what you've heard before and what you're expecting because we're going to talk about stuff that's totally within your control as the CEO of your business. So regardless of whether you're planning to hire this month, next month, next year, this is going to be really helpful to lay the foundations of how you need to think and how you need to go about that process to get the ultimate result that you desire, getting the right hire, choosing the right person for your team. Because hiring for your team is typically a really tiring process It's stressful and it typically happens at a time for most people when they're feeling busy, they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling stressed, they're already doing somebody else's role. And then you add into that hours of interviewing, you know, time to screen CVs, et cetera, et cetera. So by knowing that now, already knowing that it's going to be tricky, you're able to set up scaffolding and foundations for yourself to support yourself in what you know is going to be a tiring and stressful time. So we want to acknowledge now how we're likely to feel then and put what I call scaffolding up around you to really support you to make the best decision you can, and that is to be objective. So regardless of if you're hiring your first person, your fifth person, or your 10th person, you want to make sure you're supporting yourself. So that every single decision that you make, every hiring decision that you make is an elevation to your business and not just a reaction or a subpar decision that you felt like you had to make because of the situation you found yourself in. So we want to always make a decision that elevates how you feel as a CEO, elevates the business and ultimately takes the business in the direction you need it to go. So to get clear on that, we're going to start today with what not to do. We're going to talk about the mistakes that most people make when they're hiring, and I'm going to share with you three mistakes and what to do instead of those mistakes. So let's dive in. The first mistake is that most people go into their hiring process thinking, where is this person? Where are they? Versus who do I need to be to attract the person to work for me? 
Now, most people think of it almost like the solution is somewhere out there, out the window. Maybe somebody's hiding in a Facebook group that you don't know about yet. And they go into it thinking, where's my unicorn? Where's that amazing person? Where are they hiding? Where's that person who's going to make my life easier? And yes, for sure, it is definitely about finding that person and you know how you find them is 100% part of the process, but it's not the starting point. And that's what I want to talk about today. The starting point is thinking, who do I need to be and what do I need to do to attract the right person, to attract that unicorn person, to want to work with me and to apply with me and to show interest in working with me. So what does that actually look like? It looks like you being the CEO with a solid objective hiring process that starts with clarity on who you need and attracts that person to apply to you and screens out the people that are the no way Jose aren't right for you. And in doing so, protects the integrity of your business, protects your existing team by not throwing the wrong person into the mix time and time again. So hiring in a haphazard way in that chaotic, oh, you'll do, throw them in there sort of way and hoping for the best, that's the opposite of hiring strategically. And it's actually so disruptive to everybody. Yes, 100% disruptive to you, but it's also really disruptive to your team because, you know, these unicorn people, A players, rockstar team members, the ones that you want, they don't want to hang out in a team of poor performers. They don't want to hang out with a bunch of people who are below average. They don't want to hang out in a team with a revolving door of people who are coming in and leaving and coming in and leaving because it's exhausting for them and it's exhausting for you. They want to work with a leader, the people who are being the CEO and taking the team element seriously And that means you stepping up as the leader, as the CEO, and hiring in a structured, intentional, and careful way. Unicorn team members, you know, those A players, those rock stars, they choose the leaders they want to work with. And as that saying goes, people leave leaders. They don't leave businesses. So yes, this is a conversation about hiring, but it's also a conversation about leadership and really owning that role that you're in as the CEO. Now, don't get me wrong, you don't have to be perfect because great people don't expect perfection. But understandably, they'll put up with temporary mess or they might put up with a bit of chaos that they know is going to get sorted out. In other words, a mess might be fine when there's a leader who is interested in finding and moving on a path to a better way. So the first mistake is looking at your hiring requirement, looking at your next hire, not looking at it as an external problem, but looking at it as an internal one that starts with you. So instead of, you know, looking out the window, so to speak, and thinking, where are all the great people hiding? Where are those unicorns and how do I get one of them? thinking instead, who do I need to be to attract the right sort of person into my business? And what do I need to do to call those people in? And as I've started to say, this is about really owning your role as the CEO, whose job it is to resource your business with 
who and what it needs to achieve its goals. So it's not about hiring helpers. It's not about refusing or ignoring or closing your eyes to the mess and the chaos. It's not about just throwing someone in and crossing your fingers and hoping for the best. It's actually like drawing a line in the sand and taking a stand and knowing there is a better, more structured and calmer way to grow your team, to hire people in, to add to your existing team, and in turn, finding that way to profitably scale your business and make the best use of everyone's time and energy as you grow. So let's dive into mistake number two, and that is making emotional hiring decisions. Now, this can happen in lots of different ways. It might look like hiring a friend into your business or the team member of a business friend. It might look like hiring or making a decision about hiring somebody in the first few minutes of your interview or conversation with them because you really click and you really like them. It might look like choosing somebody who looks amazing based on what they've written in their application. So choosing somebody based on what they look like on paper and not really interviewing them at all and just going with the written word. Or it might look like hiring the only person that's applied to work with you because you've decided that maybe that's all that's available and you're feeling a bit desperate and you want the problem to go away. Now, these are all examples of emotional hiring-based decisions, and there's heaps more out there. And I want to say I totally get it. In fact, I've made lots of these myself. Even as a professional corporate recruiter, I've made these mistakes when hiring into my own business because hiring for yourself is really hard. It is different to any hiring that you may have done in a different role for somebody else. Like maybe you're a leader or a team leader in some sort of corporate. Maybe you've hired for somebody else's business. Maybe you've supported them to hire. When you're doing it for yourself, it feels totally different. It is so much harder because your emotions are so much more dialed up. All the stories come to the surface. Am I good enough to get somebody good to want to work with me? Do I just need to accept average until my business is better? I can't pay top dollar. I don't have this big business budget. Does that mean I need to accept average or below average? And sometimes you'll make an emotional hiring decisions and it'll just be a little blip that you can learn from. For example, when I was starting out this online business, so I've been in the HR and recruitment space for 12 years, but my original business was a much more traditional in-person HR consulting model. So when I was shifting or attempting to shift into this online version of my coaching and consulting business, I wanted to hire an assistant. And what I did was hire the assistant of the coach that I was working with at the time. You know, she seemed great. My coach loved her. I really respected my coach. And so I hired that person. Now, I wasn't clear on what I needed. I therefore didn't assess if she was specifically right for me and what I wanted her to do. And I skipped way over all the parts about how she liked to work, what her availability actually was, you know, how long she wanted to do this for and whether there was any sort of, you know, medium to long-term intention, etc. Now she was 110% lovely and hugely helpful. And unsurprisingly, it didn't last. So three months later, I was back at square one again. Now it definitely wasn't a huge mistake. Nothing detrimental happened. 
but I learned from it and that's why I'm sharing because it definitely cost me momentum and time when I got to that three-month point and was back to starting to square one again, just when I was starting to get some momentum and I really needed the support that I had around me. I was like, oh, suddenly that support's gone away and I had to start the hiring process again. What I also see a lot happening with many of my clients or people who become clients once this has happened is an emotional hiring mistake like that one, but one that costs the business a lot more than that example I just gave you. So a lot more money has been invested in the person, a lot more time has been spent with the person, and unwinding the situation gets really tricky. Now, I've seen this happen a lot, and it especially happens when you're hiring somebody to do something that you don't understand. For example, a client hired a marketing specialist in and they hired them because they felt this really good, like energetic synergy when they went for lunch together. It wasn't even really a proper interview, it was lunch. But there was no assessment, there was no detailed conversation about the specifics that the person would be doing or the specific requirements or what success looked like or anything like that. And when it wasn't feeling great at about the week four mark, that's when the client reached out to me and they reached out for support on how to have those conversations, but also how to sort of change course and unwind and get back on a better path with this hire. Now, in that case, it was an expensive hire. So the money spent was significant. The time lost in the marketing activities was significant and the direction that that influential role had taken the business was also significant. So an emotional hiring decision doesn't always result in just a little blip that you can sort of overcome easily. So often these emotional hiring decisions are made when you haven't started with the absolute clarity of what you actually need and how you want the person to do the things and what success actually looks like. And so what happens is when you're not clear yourself and maybe you're feeling a little bit doubtful about the process you're going through, the hire you're making, or your ability to make a really great decision, is that you outsource your power to someone else. So just like I outsourced my power to my coach, or I kind of relied on their decision that they'd made and how well it was working for them instead of actually trusting myself and going through my own assessment process. Again, if we think of the marketing scenario, it's sort of like what actually happened there was that the person was sitting there going, well, I don't really understand the specifics of marketing, or maybe they thought I'm not really interested in the details of marketing. So I'll just kind of outsource that specificity to them because they're the marketing expert. And this person seemed lovely and they were lovely and they had a great energy and all the things. And so I'll just sort of, you know, outsource my power a little bit. I won't assess and I'll just take that leap with my fingers crossed that it'll work out. Or, you know, the situation where you hire a friend, which I see all the time, again, that's an emotional decision. And often people do that because it's a way of feeling safe. They think, okay, this person I've known for a while, we're really good friends. I feel like they really know me. So rather than me taking the time to work out what I really need and what that person looks like to work with me, I'm just going to trust that because you and I are friends, that you'll help me work it out on the job. And sometimes that works, but I'm sure you've heard the stories of also where that doesn't work. And that is because of all those assumptions that you made based on the friendship or the relationship as friends, and you've made these huge assumptions about how that'll translate into the workplace. 
little bit of a tangent, but I'd go as far as to say that when you're hiring a friend, it's more important to have detailed, specific conversations to not only protect your friendship, but also to make sure that all the assumptions are being clarified because the person knows you before they come into the business. And the reality is, is that the way you act with friends is totally different the way you act, you know, when you're the CEO, when you're sitting with your business hat on. Okay. So hiring with your heart or based on your emotions only is not a great way to make great hiring decisions. So often it comes up because you've got some imposter syndrome sort of thing going on, some doubt. There's lots of reasons and they're all totally understandable reasons. So I just want to say that as well. I've done it. Everybody's done it. But I want you to know that it's a super common mistake. It's very easy for it to happen because of all the emotions that are swimming around at the time of hiring And this is why it's so important that you have scaffolding and a structure around you that keeps you objective. This hiring emotionally, as I said, it is so common. And I just want to reiterate, I'm not saying it to make you feel bad if you've made an emotional hiring decision or you can reflect back now and think, oh, yeah, clearly that was one of those emotional ones. Don't beat yourself up. There's no point. But just know that you will get emotional when you're hiring and know now have learnt from whatever situation you've faced or whatever story I've told today and be like, hmm, I now need to keep an eye out and work out how to double check, is this an emotional decision or is this an objective decision? Third mistake I want to share with you today, let's dive into that, and that is hiring from a place of uncertainty. And that is not being clear on who you need and what you really need them to do and therefore making a decision from a place of, I'm not really sure, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope for the best and go this way. Hiring without clarity is so hard. Like anything, if you don't have clarity on your goal or your direction or what you're trying to achieve, you are unlikely to hit it. I want to almost say it's near impossible to hire the right person without clarity, without a clear picture of what that person you want to bring into your business, what you want them to do, and what a successful way of doing it looks like for you. And don't get me wrong, this doesn't need to be super detailed, but it does need to be conceptual. And the more specific you can get, the better. But I say that knowing that often when we're hiring a type of role into our business for the first time, there's only so much detail and specificity we can go into. But we have to take ourselves to in 12 months time, if this person has been successful or when this person's been successful, what have they done? How have they done it? What have they taken off my hands? What have they created? What's happening in the business that wasn't happening before? Like we have to create that picture, to get clear on that picture, to be able to find and hire from a certain place. And if you've heard of somebody who has fluked hiring without this clarity, then it's exactly that. It's a fluke. And I want to say like maybe you've got a 5% chance of fluking it. So hiring without clarity is so tricky. It's just like, you know, when you start dating for the first time when you're really young And you've got no idea what you're actually looking for, who you're actually looking for. And I'm sure that your first couple of boyfriends or girlfriends or partners, they're never going to be right. They weren't right. But eventually, when you slow down 
and you started dating in a more intentional and conscious way of who and what Mr. or Mrs. Wright looks like for you, you stopped wasting so much time and really increases your chances of getting it right. So when we're thinking of hiring, I want you to think of profitably scaling your business. So yes, totally, you can go down the trial and error way, work it out as you go, you know, as many of us did with dating. But if you want to scale in a profitable way where each person you bring into your business brings a return, supports you to do something that is income generating, profit generating, and it's not just more cost added on top of more cost, which is eroding your profit. If that's not what you want, you want to scale in a profitable way, then actually hiring an intentional, strategic way with absolute clarity is what you need to do. And when I talk about hiring with absolute clarity, I mean knowing who you're looking for, what you want them to do, and how you want them to do it. So that's the who is made up of a what and a how. Because without that clarity, it is so easy to be swayed by your emotions, by other people's opinions, and all the things, because you just don't have that black and white reference point, which is your hiring criteria. So these are the three common mistakes that I see happening and what you need to do instead. And I'm guessing this has given you a fair bit to think about. So let me recap them really quickly. The first mistake was thinking externally rather than internally. So thinking, where is this person as opposed to what I need to be to attract this person to work with me? The second one is making decisions, hiring decisions based on emotions. And the third one is hiring from a place of uncertainty. So without the true clarity that you need. So from here, I'm hoping that you can start to feel the sense that hiring a great person and making a great hiring decision, hiring smarter is totally in your control and that you can right now decide that your next great hire is definitely out there waiting for you. And you just need to learn how to execute that process and learn how to elevate to be a powerful, graceful CEO that you know you can be for this next hire that you're going to make and every hire after that. So we've covered lots today. And what we've covered is definitely the starting point of what it takes to hire smarter. And I'm hoping this first part of the little mini series has shifted your thinking a little bit and given you the foundations for A, believing it's possible And two, thinking about, well, what do I need to put in place? What thinking do I need to start with now to get it right and to support myself for the emotional time that it's going to be? And in the next part of the series, so part two, we're going to dig into the specific qualities that you'll need to look for to be hiring people who are a match for you as an individual and as the CEO of your business. And then in the third part of the series, we're going to talk about the specifics of how you onboard and train the person for fast success so that they're adding to your profitability as soon as possible and they're not just a cost that you're carrying for too long. So that's the profitable scaling part. Okay. That is it for part one of this series. I'd love to hear what's landed for you today from this part one series. And of course, if you have a business buddy that you think needs to hear this, make sure you share this with them. Okay, so tune in 
for part two of the series, which will be coming your way soon.